Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Take talk with you anywhere with the all-new Talk 1370 app. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more. Search for Talk 1370 in the App Store or find the links at Talk1370.com. It's anywhere I need. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're going to have a very exciting show tonight. Formula One, IndyCar, MotoGP, and more. I was a sad sack this weekend. I just sat around and watched motorsport all weekend long, hence the beard. <laughs> That's but true. I loved it. I loved it. Well, you're going to get the chance to talk all about what you saw this weekend. This is John Massengill. That's Jonathan Green and Mr. Les Kaiser's over there. Howdy. So, boys, we had enough uh, motorsport this weekend to keep us busy, but, uh, you know, I think we've got IndyCar to talk about because it was a huge, wild race. It was a t- it was a wild, it, wild west show, no yeah. question. And, of course, Formula One in Canada, that's, you know, there was lots of Americans up there probably and lots of movie stars and uh, tons of, of, actually, a pretty good race, too. Lots of action going on there. Yep. And, of course, MotoGP, too. So we're going to talk all about all those tonight. And uh, But I want to start with Formula One. I mean, Jonathan, this was, um, you know, talk about Canada in general. I mean, it's really one of the marquee races, really. Yeah, it is. Montreal's a fun city, full stop. Um, You know, it's, uh, to be honest, there's a lot of comparisons to be drawn with Austin, um, in all fairness. And I remember that was always the highlight for me when you're doing all of Formula One, when when you're doing the whole season, because you are literally, it's a long year, and you're going from town to town to town. Some are great, some are just not so great. Montreal is fantastic because it's such a great nightlife. And more importantly, as Lewis and many of the other drivers alluded to, the, the fans just love it. They get into it, they cheer all day long. It, you saw qualifying, there was a huge crowd on Friday even for practice. Um, they get into it. The whole town, it's on the, the you know, the Ile de Gilles, uh, Gilles Villeneuve track is on the island. And so it's a, it's a unique circuit. Um, but it's also a great, great event. Full stop. Um, so it, it's got something special about it. And in fact, in the Thursday press conference, uh, Lewis Hamilton said, I think it was Lewis Hamilton that said, um, you know, that there are certain races that stand out in Montreal's one, certainly for him because of his results there. But I think it's true for most of the guys in Formula One that they love that race. Yeah, I saw in that pre- same press conference, a lot of them said the same thing, and um, including Fernando Alonso. And, and by the way, that's one of the topics tonight that we're going to talk a lot about is Fernando Alonso and the Honda engine debacle. <laughs> yeah, and and we've we've got some we've got some clips from that press conference that talk a lot about that, that Alonso is talking about kind of the state of the sport, and I I, I just feel like the the his experience in IndyCar has exactly. changed him. I think he's had a taste of a you know similar sport 
with a very di- different atmosphere. There's a confluence happening. There's a, a combination of things happening in Formula One. Some of the stalwarts of Formula One won't like it. Um, and I know if I was back in England right now, I'd probably have my British suspicious hat on a bunch, a bunch of Americans buying Formula One, the sport that I love, blah, 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 blah. I'm not wearing that hat now. I'm sitting in Texas and I'm looking at the other side of it and I'm seeing Formula One needs an upgrade. 2.0, please. And I think it's being led by Lewis Hamilton he's been doing it for a few years he loves america he you know you can see by the way he interacts here and how his lifestyle is now fernando's had a taste of it loves it they love him the indie experience zach brown is an american um force india are run by an american i think there's a and of course obviously liberty right at the center of all of this sean bratches was very much in uh, presence this weekend in canada I did, there's a whole confluence of, of things coming together, which I hope are positive. And I think Indy is also playing a big part in that because Indy has got a good show back on the road. Um, the Indy coverage is now second to none. Um, the racing is awesome. We're going to talk about that. Um, but really, it is a case of to, to start the subject off tonight. Uh, Formula One is opening up um, and Fernando is basically leading the charge. Yep, and I think this is going to be an exciting time. I mean, here we are in Austin, Texas, home of United States Formula One, and we hope to reap the benefits of all this change. So hey, we got Stevie Wonder coming. That's right. We can't go wrong. <laughs> all right. Hey, well, I want to do. Speaking of the UK and their hat that they wear, and this, let's let's do this. Let's play this interview we did with Inga Strecka. She's our Formula One European correspondent, and we just caught up with her about fifteen minutes ago. And so, let's go ahead and play uh, this clip with Inga Strecka. Inga Strecka, welcome back to Speed City. How are you? Hi, and um, bonjour, I should say, right? Just talking about Montreal. <laughs> there you yes, go. Yes, that's Absolutely. true. How about that Formula One race in Canada? Amazing. I mean, I love Montreal. It's always a fabulous place, fabulous atmosphere. But it seemed like this year it was even better atmosphere. I mean, can you imagine Fernando Alonso? Well, engine failure again, as it sounded like. Surprise. He said engine, engine failure. <laughs> but then going in on like on the grandstands diving into the fans and smiling and laughing taking selfies i've never seen anything like that in formula one there's no question i feel sorry for the guy i mean it, it's you know it's gone way beyond not being funny to now it's well what are you going to do well it's just a matter of where it's going to pop it's oh it popped i'm going to go meet these people <laughs> I, I do think yeah, I do amazing. think it's part of his indie experience, and I also think it's part of the Liberty new wave, if you will. Sean Bratch is in the in the pits, also taking part with uh, Ross Braun in the raft competition, which used to be held when we were doing Formula One back in the day. <laughs> uh, I remember that yeah. race, um, but they they put it off because it was too much fun. But now it seems to be with Lewis getting pres- you know with the with the three two ones after qualifying with the crowd. I just think there's a much much clearer engagement, and I'm really. All for it. It's great. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. And as I, I think I said that before last time I was on the show, um, you can feel it. You can feel it like the atmosphere, the people. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. I love Formula One again. I really love going to the races. I love working there. I feel like the luckiest person on earth. Hey, but how about Fernando's comments that he made earlier this week about how relaxed and casual IndyCar was and uh, basically alluding to Formula One needs to think about this. I think we're seeing it. Yep. Yeah. And at the same time, they are, and that's good, careful not to like copy something else what they are not. So they got to stay what they are. 
and at the same time, like pinnacle board sports and all that, but at the same time, loosen up, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, I think that's what Alonzo is is jumping into the crowd. That's a big part of it. He he's said, "Hey, wait a minute! Other sports are having fun at this." I was, I, I think, if you boil it down for Alonzo, he talked about how much fun he had at Indy, yeah, and and how exciting the whole thing was. He's kind of has opened his eyes. But I have to say the fans have changed a little bit as well. I mean, a few years ago, I would have been really, really scared seeing a driver getting anywhere near the grandstands. And it also depends on where we go. I yes. mean, <laughs> the, the fans could get like completely crazy and maniac and you've got to really fear for the safety of the driver. And um, the fans in Montreal have always been very special and really, really cool. So it was amazing. Or on the other hand, um, Lewis Hamilton been given... Senna's helmet yeah. right after scoring pole position. Yeah. I mean, those scenes, and then he's laughing. It's like, it was it was actually quite funny. He was saying, whenever I saw, like, Rubens Barrichello and these guys, like, crying on the podium, I've always said, nobody's ever going to see me doing this. So you're not going to see me crying because I've got Senna's helmet. <laughs> I think he had a quiet little cry, and he also noticeably uh, took the flag with him, just as Senna used to, um, in his overalls today, because no one gave him that flag, I don't think. I think that was with him, which is one of the tricks that uh, Ayrton used to pull out, was to, if he did win the race, uh, he had a Brazilian flag with him the whole time. Uh, and once again, Lewis won, won the race, and suddenly unveiled a flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very well spotted, very well remembered as well. Hey, I got a real serious question for you, Inga. Given that you're on the inside and given that you've got a definite European uh, inside take on this, uh, you know, we're listening to Zach Brown, we're listening to McLaren, um, we're very interested in what's happening with Fernando. I've said it all along. I feel that Formula One is losing one of its great talents. I'm delighted that he might be, uh, you know, making residence up in uh, Indianapolis anytime soon. But it's a serious story, this, because he's basically said in the Thursday press conference if things don't improve, if I don't start winning by September and he was pulled up by one of the journalists who said, you know, I know, and everybody in the room knows that's not going to happen. Are you saying you're quitting Formula One? My question to you is, Enger, what what have Zach and McLaren got to do in terms of either getting out of their Honda deal? What options do they have next year? And what options in Formula One, first of all, does Fernando have? So, I, you know, because it is a, you know, fun aside for a second, this is becoming quite a, an issue for the whole of the sport. First of all, if I knew all the answers to these questions, I'd probably be made like someone high up in the ranks at McLaren or something like that. <laughs> no, I mean, um, it's a million dollar question. Uh, well, I guess I, I would like to know, answer, do you think I mean, there's a possibility of Mercedes engine? Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd hate to say it because the Honda engine as such, I don't think it's really that bad, but it does need reliability. And I, it's just like, Oh, my God, another one. You know, you, you can almost not believe it. I don't know. Um, would it be better for them they switch to Mercedes? <sighs> then, you know, they're on the levels with, with Williams, with Force India. The, the Honda, if, if Honda gets it right and the car's right, then it's their chance. It's their chance to go and beyond. But we thought they might do that this year, and it didn't happen again. I don't know. Or maybe Alonso's going to move. Maybe he's going to move to another team. Who knows? Or yeah. another series. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the rumor is that Renault is a possibility, and it looks as though Julian Palmer is kind of being rumored to be on the way out. I just don't see if that's a great option for Fernando or that much better of an option right now. But you're right. 
there's not exactly a lot of places, is there? I'd, pro- I, I, I'd probably safely suggest he's not moving to Sauer because they're having Honda <laughs> engine fixed. <laughs> yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right with that one, yeah. Hey, Inga, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. We're about to run out of time, but I want to ask you, when are you going to get over here? Why don't you come over for both Austin and Mexico City? That would be a great little trip over. Well, definitely Mexico should be good. There's Amber Lounge, my favorite party. You know, it's going to be really, really cool. They have always special stuff going on in Mexico. I love the Mexico race. It always looks like great atmosphere in those corners where all those fans are. And yes, I know, guys, I have to come and see you in Austin. Yeah, you do. You definitely do. All right, Inga Strecka, thanks for joining us on Speed City once again. Our correspondent, thank you very much. Travel safe. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Inga. All right. Well, I love to get Inga's uh, perspective. She's been a European correspondent, and she's been in this business for a long time. So she's uh, definitely has a has the establishment perspective. How about that, Jonathan? We'll call it the establishment. It's very true. Um, you know, being German and being a pit reporter as many years as she has, she's done radio, TV, and she does written stuff. I mean, she's she's she has she has been one of the F one insiders for over twenty years now. I know. I still, you know, with all the change that Liberty's bringing and with Haas and with Coda and everything, I, I can, I still remember the day when I said to her, uh, essentially, you know, that the Haas F1 team and All America is going to have do really well. And she just laughed and laughed yeah. and laughed. And I was like, okay. And there's still a snobbery. But I mean, this part of the conversation that we started tonight, there's still a snobbery on each side of the pond. Um, uh, in, in life, never mind in sport, but in Formula One, it's probably the most defined in motor racing brilliantly because the European established history um, and, the, and, the, and the sort of newness of America, the big show, the sort of Barnum and Bailey approach to sport, which I've always loved. I've always loved NFL. I've always loved the American approach so to, put in, to, to put <laughs> right. it on the show. I think, to be honest, in most most people do. To be honest, it's it, it's a fact. You know, you, everybody loves the Super Bowl. Everybody loves to put. I mean, you know, it's what America does well. And we all watch the shows. We all watch the movies. We all watch the TV. So you know, it's a fact that the Americans know how to put on a show better than anybody else, and they do it in sport second to none. All right. You well, know, we're I'm gonna, gonna. I'm gonna have to say I'm curious about if there's gonna be any backlash from the from you Brits <laughs> in the follow, in the near years of with the with liberties with changes. liberty coming yeah. in. Yeah, I, I think there will be. Yeah, I mean, you know, the old school dies hard. You know, uh, yeah. you, you yank that old school tie off, and there will there will be, there'll be a few fuddy duddies. But I tell you what. If the sport is growing and the figures are there and the fans don't lie, you know, the fact that, you know, those stands were full. Uh, and it just proves that two races in North America may not be enough. Um, you know, Canada and Austin. Oh, no, we're going to have Mexico. a gnat kettle of fish again. I, but, you know, <laughs> it's there to be had. It's another conversation yep. to be had, isn't it? All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a break and we're going to continue the F1 conversation. We're going to talk some IndyCar also in the next segment. And we're going to talk some MotoGP towards the end of the show. So stay tuned. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. 
Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. We know Austin traffic can be a challenge. Come on, I can try to take you that gap. Put your foot on the gas and move it. Beat the commute with time-saver traffic. Mornings and afternoons on Talk 1370, the right choice. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. This is Alex Gurney. This is Speed City. Alex Gurney. Welcome back. We're talking F1. Let's continue to talk the F1 discussion because we've got some, we've got some clips that I want to play. And I think I want to start with the Fernando Alonso clip because... This is from the press conference. Jonathan, once you set this up, you're the one that found this and, and yeah, pointed this at me. The Thursday press conference in Formula One is dull at best, um, and it has <laughs> been for many years. And, there, I mean, I noticed it in Austin. Um, there were a few, and I purposely asked a sort of random question to Lewis Hamilton about the loss of Prince and Muhammad Ali uh, last year, because I knew it would change the mood a little bit, yeah. because they, they're fed up. Um, and, and the Thursday press conference was classic. It was all about... Uh, Fernando's future. It was about the um, upgrades for Mercedes, but uh, basically in the end, Fernando says, you know, the truth of the matter is um, we haven't talked about this race. You haven't asked any questions about this race and, you know, I mean, he basically went to the heart of what's wrong right now um, and why why things aren't happening. So, yeah, this is what he had to say um, on the Thursday press conference. Uh, an example is this press conference, you know, has been not even one single question about this race weekend. Not for me, not even for Luis, not even for him, you know, if the future will be okay, if the upgrades will be okay or not. You know, there is always thinking forward too much, you know, about next year, about uh, September, about uh, wherever. So, you know, there is not enough focus on this race weekend. Because also the positions, more or less, we know. You know, we can put in a paper the first 15 positions for qualifying and the first 15 for the race, and 99% we will match, you know, every single position. So this lack of uh, uncertainty, you know, this lack of uh, uh, unpredictable race uh, generates a lot of, you know, too much thinking in forward, you know, and too much uh, guessing, you know, that uh, obviously is a, a good part for, for some, you know, uh, some part of the sport will benefit from that because we will have and generate a lot of talks, you know, in the media and a lot of, you know, fans interactions, but you miss a little bit what is going to happen this weekend. So, you know, it's not 
being more relaxed or less relaxed in a weekend. But when you come here, you focus with the engineers, you prepare the race, uh, you prepare the strategy, the tire temperature, whatever. You come to the press conference, and that is all about next year, about what Zach said, what about um, this said, what Toto said. What so you you freeze a little bit, you know, the emotions that you had about the race in this weekend. So it's probably what it is. Yeah, I mean, he put it, you know, I mean, it is a a very true factor. Uh, I mean, look at where Alonso is right now. I mean, he was part, I mean, he's won two world titles. He was part of a, an all-dominating McLaren team for, for, at a time. And now, you know, McLaren have gone backwards, quite literally. And so is his career. And I, and I feel for him because he is a great talent. Um, and he's he's pissed off. That's as simple as I can put it. But I also think that, that, that when you look at and compare with what we saw with Indy on Saturday night, the, the unpredictability that Formula One doesn't have compared to, let's say, Indy or any other form of motorsport, MotoGP, for example. Um, I think that's, it's very hard to get right because, you know, money talks and Ferrari and Mercedes put the money in and so do McLaren, but they got it wrong in this particular instance with their engine or it's not gone right. Um, But but it's a wider issue. It's a much wider issue, uh, which is, you know, Formula One is, is, is trying to look for a story that isn't there because there's not much to talk about at the race weekend and they need to get back to enjoying the race weekend which by the way that was Thursday we had a great weekend we had a great race people are talking about the race and what happened hey but you know the the thing I take away and we mentioned it with Inga is you know folks are beginning to see more of the personality of the drivers they're not the doldrum conference or the, the polished script and Fernando going and heading out and into the crowd the audience awesome yeah my gosh, that's great. You know, I I hope that's a result of, uh, or I hope that's what we're going to see more of, quite honestly. See the personality, see the liveliness, because, you know, you've dealt with him some, and he's mm-hmm. he's a pretty nice guy and neat guy, they but all it's are, all actually. stifled, you know, <laughs> in the in the way things are done, you know, that, I mean, my gosh, you know, I keep recalling the Snapchat thing of, Lewis, don't do that. You don't have broadcast rights. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's gone, yeah, thank goodness. Well, uh, but that is a good example. And then the idea of uh, Buxton doing the 3-2-1 interviews with the crowd, I mean, they got the mic sorted out now, which was one of my issues with it, because, it, you know, on and off and off. But they've got that right now, and the atmosphere was, was really electric in front of the fans. And then to give the helmet um, to Lewis in front of those fans. It, it wouldn't have been the same behind closed doors or in the press conference. It made it because he was there sharing that moment with the people who know what that meant 65 i want to talk about that by by the way for a second 65 pole positions first of all (laughs) it was amazing that Ayrton senna did it in the short period of time that he had to do it remember the guy basically passed away in 1994 his Mm -hmm. career was sort of you know 80 it was 10 years at at best, where he was at the top. Right. Um, and he didn't always have the top equipment, which is where Alonso is now. Uh, and he got 65 pole positions. And, and most real racing drivers, anything can happen in a race. We saw it today. <laughs> no one can stop you going fastest in a lap. And if you're the fastest guy of the weekend, that's bragging rights. That's basically motorsport at its purest, finest essence, which is I'm faster than all of you guys. <laughs> and... The reason why that record, and he, by the way, he was the second overall. Schumacher had a better record, um, which I think Lewis will have time to beat. But why that record was so amazing was that everybody talks about Senna Prost. And at the time, that 65 pole positions, I think Prost had something like 33. He was double the amount of pole positions in the same area. 
era. Yeah. Now, Lewis has done it um, brilliantly. Uh, not always with the best equipment, but not far off. Um, he's had a, not gilded, but a fairly, you know, he's, he's ridden well through the world of Formula One getting the right cars and being nurtured by the right teams. Um, right since he was nine years old, smart guy, went up to Ron Dennis and said, I'm going to work for you. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Yeah, yeah well, it was, uh, in fact, you know, that's a real cool story. We'll put that podcast out with our one-on-one with Lewis about that story. But it's that kind of excitement, that kind of determination in the the opening, I think, that Liberty is, is going to make the difference. I hope we don't run your cohort Brits away from the sport. We won't. I don't think that'll but happen. Yeah. I think, you know, I really think that's a very different take. And I think Hamilton, you know, spending too much, so much time in America has kind of caught on to the American boastful persona in some way of showing off a bit. And I think it attracts a crowd. Yeah, I mean, don't, you know, don't for one thing. I mean, there is a stuffiness about Formula One and there's an old schoolness. But, you know, I, I recently, the most recent thing I can think of in Britain was the Olympics. The difference between sort of what is traditionally Wimbledon and, you know, rugby crowd, you know, t- typical English sport. Um, the Olympics seemed to overnight change that. It was a festival atmosphere. Everybody came out and got, you know, got their national flags out. So it's not that Britain won't, won't reject the idea of becoming more of a Spanish feel to it. I, I use that expression because the Spanish fans for motorsport are, are probably the most enthusiastic and fervent I've ever seen. Um, Argentinians in soccer. I mean, you know, Brazilians in soccer. Well, let's do what Alonso was criticizing about. Let's talk about the race. Yes, let's do that. (laughs) It was a pretty darn good race. And Alonso, one of my favorite parts for Alonso is did you see him avoid the crash with Felipe Massa? He was, it was, I saw a clip of it up close. I think it was his car, man. He he did a fantastic job of not ending up in that mess as well. But, well, but uh, both of you guys, what do you think about the race? What were your favorite parts of the race? I mean, what, what, uh, yeah, Jonathan? (laughs) One of them was that was really not picked up on was how on earth did Grosjean get a broadside from a Spaniard in the first two seconds of (laughs) the race, manage to somehow survive and score a point? Pass. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, There was a lot going on around that. And so, so it's, hey, we'll take the point. Yeah. Well, it was funny. He, he swerved into him twice. Yeah, I don't know what. I did. He, he swerved him. He went off the track. He came in and he swerved into him again. It was like, what the heck are you doing? I, Rugby. It, it was a little bit over the top. I don't know why. That I still want to know why. what Sands was thinking at the time because it was a very strange maneuver. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the sort of political battle, if you will, between Ocon and Perez uh, for fourth place, effectively, um, which could have turned, in the team's opinion, into third place because they felt Ocon in fifth place could overtake his teammate because he was on different rubber, uh, faster rubber, um, but he couldn't get by him. Um, and therefore, the team said, hey, hey, Chico, uh, move over, let uh, Ocon through, and he will challenge Ricardo for the podium. And Checo said, no, let me race. <laughs> and, so if he, if he can get by me? <laughs> well, and I think that, I, that, that side of it, I'm, I, first of all, I don't think the team were clear about what they wanted and what the strategy was. They asked, but he said, why? I'm, I, all I need is some traffic here. And I'm racing, guys. That's what you pay me the big bucks for. It's what you brought me here to do. I've got a good car. I'm chasing down Ricardo. I'm a second behind him. Um, if he makes a mistake... I'm going to be on the podium. If, if that's the case, that's the mistake. If they weren't clear, if they weren't crystal right. clear, that's the mistake. Well, what they said was, they said, let Ocon through. He's on a different strategy. He's faster than you, but if and, and he can beat Ricardo. 
if you can't beat, beat Ricardo, we'll let you go past. It's a little bit of a, hey, I'm going to sell you this car, and I'll tell you what, I'll be, you give me the money and I'll be back next Saturday with the car. You're like, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll keep the money. <laughs> and I'll meet you next Saturday. And I'll meet Saturday. you next Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't a good deal. And, and Checo's, you know, he's, a, as Lee Diffie described him, he's a bit of a bulldog. Uh, yeah. And Lee Diffie summed it up well. He said, uh, well, now he knows who his teammate is. Ocon, that put it is. Ocon now knows what he's dealing with. Checo is. He's a, you know, Checo is the only Mexican now in Formula One He's a very proud racer. He's got a huge following, um, a lot of pride. And I think uh, Checo's not, you know, he's not around to make the numbers up. He's a very fast racer. We've, we've been impressed with him for the last two seasons. Sure. Um, you know, he's had a rough time of it. He was at McLaren. Now he's at Force India. You know, he's, he, you know, he hasn't really hit the purple zone yet. But he was, as we saw at the end of last year, he was one of the most consistent guys out there. And he's, he and Force India are, I mean, remember, they're nowhere near the size. They've got them, you know, they're, they're, they're punching above their weights is what I'm getting at. And I think Checo actually is pushing that car as is Ocon. They're two very talented drivers. Yeah. Well, the race started off good, too. We had a great first lap, lots of activity going on. Alonso getting on the radio, telling everyone to calm down. Uh, you know, Raikkonen hitting the grass on that restart lap. Did you see that? Verstappen hitting Vettel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Verstappen, man, when he jumped out, what did he go from fourth to second? I guess it yeah, was. Well, uh, further back, he was third row. So, yeah. Yeah. So he jumped up. He was, and obviously Verstappen with his uh, engine failure. I guess it was like I felt. That. I felt for him because I think it could have been a more interesting race. Red Bull are not far away. This uh, the Canada race is obviously a, a horsepower race um, because of the long straights. So this is not the kind of place you expect um, if you've got a deficiency in your engine. As McLaren, seventeen miles an hour down. Yeah. So that's, that's what Alonso is dealing with. That's before it goes. Bop. Yeah, and did you guys <laughs> yeah. see that there was a couple of uh, there was a couple of movie stars there? There was Michael Douglas, yep, and there was uh, Patrick Stewart, right? Yeah, Patrick Stewart, oh, that was Captain Picard. Yeah, he's quite the character. I love him, and he also uh, he uh, he picked up he uh, he I, I, he actually drank out of the uh, out of the three two one. He did oh, the, that's he right. did the show. Picard of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Live long and prosper. No, that's a different. No, that's no, we're ruining everything now. Okay. Ah, oh, gee. <laughs> hey, you know, I got to, I got to call out one thing that I thought was really cool. Really happy to see Lance Stroll pulling some ah, points yes. in in front of the home crowd. Great story. How cool yeah, is that? Yeah, that was. That was. Uh, you know, that, that, that's the good old boy, and, and he's actually from like you know half an hour. Literally from, half an hour. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he's he's had to have watched this race yeah, from be home nice. before. Somebody from being from Austin ran out to Elroy. Did you hear what he said on the radio? He goes, finally, I got some points. Because he knows with Massa coming back this year and scoring all the points for Williams, with that Mercedes engine, they do have a package which is capable. And the poor kid, I mean, I mean, I remember he was in the Toyota series two years ago with me. I mean, yeah. we're talking about a kid here. And he really is just that. Um, I'm really impressed. And, and the, the hardest part, he's a very wealthy young man, i.e. he comes from a very wealthy family. So what? But that always leads to people saying, ah, well, you paid your way there and, you know, it's easy for you. And I always think that's harder for a guy. I mean, to do motorsport, you've got to be wealthy. You know, it's that's true. That. That's true. Um, All right, guys. Well, we got we got to wrap it up on this segment. So when we come back, we are going to talk about IndyCar. Yeah, baby. And uh, then also some MotoGP later in the show. You're listening to Speed City. We are live from Austin, Texas.
If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin. It is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused, but there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RavelsHeavyDuty.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk 1370. Let the tweeting begin! Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. The right choice. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, I'm Andrea De Vizioso, and this is Speed to the City. Nice! Ah, Andrea! <laughs> I bet our producer doesn't know that Andrea De Vizioso won the race today. Yes, of course he does. He's Not a, your head. He's pretty, yeah. <laughs> he did <laughs> know. Okay, okay. He, he speaks Italian. He rides his... He rode a Ducati in here. <laughs> Uh, Dylan, I've seen it. He's got, a, he's got a GP17 a with number 99 on the side of it. <laughs> Outside the studio. All right, we're going to talk MotoGP Dovey, in a, in a, a minute. Star. Boom. But now we're going to talk IndyCar because it ah, was a wild, crazy, scary, and at times, race up in Dallas area. And I'm area. Glad we yeah. into the budget to make sure that we sent our reporter up there. Yeah, we got, you know, we have a new intern on the show, Matt, and, and we sent him up there. And uh, he said he was a blast, Matt. That's a pretty good one to go to on your first race. Yeah, right? I mean, great race <laughs> to go to for my first, you know, IndyCar race to be there in person. I mean, what an amazing race. Um, you know, being an F1 fan here, I mean, it was amazing to watch that racing there, how close they were every lap, you know, lap after lap after lap. I mean, just edge of your seat racing. It's an amazing it's an amazing track too because it's quite awe-inspiring. I mean, in Indy 500 is is beyond belief um because it's so huge, but but Texas is quite unique because it's it's a it's a cauldron, you know, it's it's a big bowl, it's almost gladiatorial. And when you see them, I the first time I went I was on the infield and that like by the time my eyes had got round, they were coming back again and it really is it's it's really intense. I think it's the best word I can think of. Mhm. For sure. I mean, for the first, I, I think it was 30 laps that I was there. I mean, the speed that those cars get around that track. I think qualifying, they top out around 222 miles an hour. Um, I mean, it, it just begs belief how quick they can get around those uh, those cur- corners. Yeah, so this year, there's some changes to the track. They changed up uh, yeah, yeah. some of the apron in some of the areas, and so they actually extended the entrance to the pit lane. And... Uh, some didn't enjoyed it. Cliff. Some did not. <laughs> yeah, didn't make it wide enough for Hinch. Sorry, Mayor. But, 
yeah, it's really interesting how that little change made such a difference. They actually took some of the angle out of the track itself, too. Yeah, yeah. and they were also worried about, and I don't know how much you, you, you kind of, when you're there, notice it, but in the TV coverage, they were talking about too wide, and that wasn't. They went straight to that. They were talking about the track rubbering in because it was new, and that you know most people are on the low line. And then would there be a possibility later in the race to go three wide? Well, Marco Andretti decided to try that early, <laughs> and um, no, there wasn't a three wide. And in fact, uh, a few people fell foul of that. There really wasn't um, you know a high line um, on the track. But I think bottom line is you always worry when you resurface a track um, that it won't be the same. But it produced some great racing. Oh, definitely. What, what impressed you? What you didn't? What didn't you like? Uh, not much that I didn't like. Actually, um, <laughs> it was it was a really refreshing experience being um, just an F one fan before this. But um, I think probably my favorite part of the race was the last forty or so laps, where I think almost every lap, uh, I think three rows down, they were two wide, three wide, you know, and. Those cars, they can't go three wide through some of those turns. You know, they have to work something out. <laughs> Just ask Alexander Rossi that question. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He was another sure. one that fell far. Does he call it the Ganassi sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there is a certain... I mean, you can also understand the camaraderie, which I, I think Fernando Alonso has, has, has managed to find very quickly, the respect that they all have with each other, because to race that close at that speed is... Is very scary. Uh, I mean, you know, we've seen what happens when it goes wrong. Bourdais' accident, uh, Dixon's accident, and obviously any other. I mean, it was a massive pilot with Hinchcliffe with six cars, seven cars involved. You know, it, 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 you when you go there in real life, you really do see it, and the anticipation of something going wrong is on every corner. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Who, who's your? Who, who, who do you? You're there a weekend, so did you have a favorite? Have you got a? Have you got a? All right, that's my go-to guy. Yeah, um, I'm a big Graham Rahal guy. You yeah. know, first twenty thousand fans, we got Graham Rahal bobblehead. So I'm, I'm a happy man. But uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but hey, I mean, it was anyone's race. I mean, Rahal, he was um, all you know, all over the map throughout the race. But I think yeah, I think he ended up fourth place, which uh, you know, I'm I'm a happy guy. Yeah, you had good yeah. seats, didn't you? Yeah, um, we were. Oh, gosh, I think it was just outside of the pit exit looking through turn one. So, uh, you know, Ed Carpenter's spin, we saw that. Hinch's, uh, Hinch's crash in the pits. What spin? He did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, that's, he, that's I think he actually gained pirouette. I think he gained three spots when he did that. That's what we call Texas two-step. <laughs> yeah, because everybody dodged. So. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good, and that Texas Motor Speedway is a great venue. Uh, if you've not been to an IndyCar race or, and you don't want to fight with 300,000 people at the 500, which I would advise you to do any day, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's a great, for, especially for people from Texas, uh, get up there and enjoy it because it is a great chance to see Indy. Uh, at one of its, you know, toughest circuits. Uh, it's not an easy track uh, at all. Um, it was interesting when when the other drivers at the 500 were talking about Alonso's experience. They were saying, you know what, Montoya was one of the guys that said this. You know, it's not easy the 500, but places like Texas are harder if you're not an oval guy because it's shorter reaction time. You're still going 220. Um, yeah, good point. And, and so, uh, you know. I think I think that's a very it's a very tough place, and there are even tougher ones. Iowa coming up, and a few others. Yeah, I'd heard that several of them don't like Texas because of that, because yeah. it's so fast continuously. You're pretty wide open, and that uh, the slightest twitch can can set off what we saw some of this weekend. Yeah. But uh, that all is 
what makes it exciting, not not the crashing, but the fact that it's so intense. That's what I get into. Well, Matt's comment, and I mean it's perfect, was it was anybody's race. Yeah. And it is the essence of the show tonight, which is Fernando Alonso has come back from the Indy 500, understood that fact, been part of it, led for 27 laps, loved every minute of it, got a lot of respect for the guys that do it, and then has, and, and then has gone back to his car in Canada, found himself fighting for one point whoopee do, and then literally throwing the gloves in the crowd. <laughs> McLaren did win at the weekend, I may add. They won the boat really? race. They won the boat race. Yes. I, must, oh, I was going to say, I didn't watch the right channel, apparently. Yeah, no, they, they, they do a little... Everybody makes a raft, um, and McLaren won that race. But, but again, our cub reporter is, is deep into this. What, why did McLaren win the Formula One race? So uh, McLaren, one of their engineers for their team, actually is a medal winner in uh, rowing. So I think oh, I had a little bit of advantage Charlie there. Whiting. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear. I want the FIA to take a closer look at this. Oh, this is scandal brewing. We're <laughs> I started right here. Olympic rower. <laughs> well, that's going to say the America's Cup now has as Olympic cyclists as their rope pullers, i.e., their. Wind, they're grinders. Yeah. That's well, pretty wild. Yeah, wasn't it true Raikkonen's Olympic swimmer wife was towing theirs? <laughs> Wait. No, you're thinking Botas. Uh, was it Botas? Botas was okay. the Olympic swimmer. Oh, oh that's sorry. right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my wife doesn't swim. <laughs> <laughs> That's Raikkonen. That's Raikkonen. You know, if you can okay, that one yeah. out, if you've oh, never seen him do an interview, I'm not. You sure. know, guys. I think my favorite part about that boat race, though, was seeing Ross Braun trying to balance on one of those homemade boats. I mean, that was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and he was interviewed. Actually, I saw it on on the F1 site. He was interviewed by uh, one of the one of the reporters, and she gave the mic to him, and they they hit the they hit the start sign, and off he went, and she literally had to grab the mic off him. <laughs> Pretty funny. But it was great. Sean Bratches was involved, who's the commercial director for uh, Formula One. Uh, like you say, uh, the motorsport director, Ross Braun, was involved. It, it's a bit of fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, th- you can see it visibly happening. Um, uh, Formula One opening up, having some fun, um, getting people involved, getting some good video out, uh, showing that video to the fans and, and being more inclusive. It's needed. It's a great sport. We love it. Everybody loves cars. Come on. Well, what about some of the other action in the IndyCar race before we get away from that? I mean, the, there was a crash with Tony Kanaan and Hinchcliffe. And the, I mean, and what do you think, Jonathan? Was, uh... Yeah, TK caught, caught himself in a few jams over the weekend. Yeah. Um, he was involved in three incidents, actually. Um, and he kind of put his hand up and said, yeah, you know, uh, I could have avoided that one. and Maybe not so much in that one. But, you know, um, what we, like I said, what we did discover is that three wide was just not possible. And uh, if you found yourself in a sandwich, uh, as Rossi did and as Hinchcliffe did, there's not a lot of ways to get out of it, uh, frankly. Um, so there was there was some uh, there was some good driving. Uh, there was what I think the biggest overlying thing for me, and it was when Hinchcliffe was in, uh, interviewed because Nas- uh, Ganassi was interviewed before that, and Ganassi kind of blamed Hinchcliffe. And Hinchcliffe said, oh, that's adorable, um, <laughs> which is quite funny. <laughs> um, but the truth is, I think there was some very aggressive driving at an early part in the race. Um, 
the last 40 minutes, as you, last 40 laps, as you say, sure, hell-bent for leather, go for it. Will Power coming through, as he always does. It, you know, the cream always rises. It was Power, it was Dixon, it was the right guy. Sato was up there too. Rayol, as you mentioned. Um, but I do think there was some, th- th- there needs to be some thought process amongst some of the younger drivers. I thought Vautier, who came in for the I was going to ask you about him, yeah. Re- really impressed. I mean, he's racing sports cars in uh, Europe, and he led most of the race. It was pretty impressive. He'd not been in the car for two years. That's pretty so, amazing, actually. See, I'm just wondering what that's going to say, because, you know, oh, we, we got that F1 Alonso guy that came in, and then he led quite a bit of the 500, and then, and, and then we got this guy, and it's like, yeah, both. So uh, what are the indie people thinking? We're not letting those guys come back. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, think indie, I don't think the IndyCar guys are frightened of the fact that young drivers or veteran drivers from Formula One or Europe can come over to Indy and, and be on it because the world of motor racing, I think, is 500, right, driving, 500 drivers strong. And right. I'm talking single-seaters here. Uh, and there's probably about 100 seats. Well, here's, so there's probably 400 guys sitting at home purely cap- absolutely capable of driving. You've been saying this forever. For a long time, yeah. yeah. Well, here's what I... I well, mean, every what year, I really, 33 guys graduate. <laughs> yeah. What I really think about it is this was good for Indy cars to have guys like this come over to it. And quite honestly, I think it's good for the other sports as well. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's IndyCar fans that now, hmm, I want to go see what he usually does. He did that good here. Let's see it. You know, IndyCar is eating this up. If you notice on their Twitter feed, they have several tweets from the last 24 hours about they've, they're retweeting Alonzo, they're tweeting this about F1 and McLaren, but they also tweeted... Uh, we're trending worldwide, so I guarantee you guys they're they're running with this. Well, oh, yeah. and let's let's look at the very serious side of this. Um, since that breakup between Champ Car and Kart Racing, um, there's been a problem for yeah. IndyCar to get back to its glory days because the split hurt them, whether you like it or not. And everybody, in, I mean, from Bobby Rahal to Mark Miles to anybody, will tell you that it hurt them badly. Uh, and in the last three, four years, and the and the sort of century five hundred period has been great for merchandise young guys are coming through i've said this on the show many times the likes of graham ray hall oriel servia um you know lots of young guys uh hildebrand um newgarten these these guys are good and could they do it in formula one kind of answering your question yes they could actually I really do think so. I mean, and Rossi's the perfect example. Yeah. Rossi has, you know, was good enough for Formula One, clearly um, couldn't get the drive to show his talents off. Ocon now doing it today, finally, you know, at Magnussen now, you know, getting up there. So, uh, you know, let's put all of this sort of labels aside. These guys are all really talented in anything. You know, you put a jockey on another horse at the Belmont Stakes or at the, you know, or in, you know, in England at the Grand National, they would be good because they're or, or good rodeo, jockeys. A rodeo well, I don't know about town. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole new game. No, I, rodeo, that's a whole, they're a whole no le- level up, I think. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we got to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk some MotoGP and a couple other good, fun stuff. So stick with us here on Speed City here in Austin, Texas. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. 
founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Texas weather can change on a dime. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know. On air and online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hey, Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. FIWEC is going to be uh, coming. Coming soon September. here. September. Yeah, Brendan here. Hartley and the boys. Le Mans is boys. next week. I know, friends. I was going to say. That's... Brendan Hartley will be one of the favorites. Now that's going to be Absolutely. exciting. Um, did you guys notice all the motorcycles in town? They had the Rot Rally here. Yes. You I, bet. And, of course, I live off 2222, so that's where every motorcyclist who comes to Austin wants to go drive out that way and go see the hill country. So we're sitting at a stoplight this afternoon, me and my wife, and and uh, a, a bike pulled up, and I said, oh, Moto Goosey. And she goes, what's, what's up with that? I said, well, most of the guys that come to the Rock Rally are riding Harleys. And she goes, well, that sure is a cute bag he has on. <laughs> now, okay, I, I was out with all my two-wheel buddies this weekend, and I will say uh, there's a pleasant growth in uh, female riders that are riding and driving their own motorcycles. But and do you have to have the cute bag to have the Moto Goosey? You have to ask the ladies. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was a lady. What kind of bag was it? It was just a saddlebag, or was it? No, it was it was over his shoulder, over his back. It was a backpack, but it was not a normal backpack. We have French people here. Oh, we oui, we. Oui. <laughs> come on, come on, <laughs> Anyway, y'all, uh, rot rally friends, be careful on your way out. And actually, you know, there was a very cool open house our, our advertiser had with uh, Ravel's heavy duty. Great turnout out there. Cool. Lots of fun things. Out by the track, yeah. Motorcycle Missions gave away their bike Saturday night to a uh, well-deserving veteran. Cool. And uh, I got to see that one. They're getting ready to start their next build, which is a 1958 Harley. Ooh. That's going to be a yeah. custom build from it. I, I so, uh, you had me at 1958, in. actually. I yeah, was like, whatever it is, it's going to be cool. going to be a cool build. <coughs> well, hey, guys, let's talk about some MotoGP, speaking yeah, of motorcycles. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit warm. I think this is kind of the overwhelming hot. theme. <laughs> Track temperature fifty four. That's hot. That in, in some centigrades. Oh, darn hot. <laughs> Real hot. Like, like tire yeah. melting. You don't, engine. Want to, you don't want to sit down. Put it that way. <laughs> hey, you know that that was a great run. I love the start of it. That uh, was just insane. Petrucci 
and Marquez coming up was for a quick rumble right at the beginning. Patrici comes right all the way across from the far right to the far left and body checks Marquez. Yeah, Patrici <laughs> didn't have the blinkers on the horse. Well, anyway, he had the blinkers on his horse because he just he had both blinkers <laughs> on both sides, both the bike and him, because he just almost took Marquez out. Blasted him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he almost got the bad end of it because Marquez stayed on his bike straight up and went on. Patrici kind of had to pull himself back on and, and continue, but... That's the way I feel like that race went from the beginning. It was an odd race because it was all about the heat and all about basically tire management. Um, and right from the get-go, all weekend long, they were saying that, you know, the medium compound would not last the race, which Rossi chose to use because he couldn't use the harder compound uh, or make it work at all. Uh, Lorenzo chose the harder compound and went right to the front and then went backwards and then came back again. So it was all a case of, you know, trying to use and manage the tire throughout the race. Meanwhile, um, the Honda story continued continues a pace because Danny Pedrosa, no question about it, I want to make a footnote here, he's been much maligned and I've done it in my commentary here at Austin, is Danny going to keep that job? And I think now that's, uh, that uh, Sete Gibbonau, former world champion himself and Spaniard, has now basically taken him on to mentor him. And, and again today, he's a different Danny. Um, Danny has... Um, you know, the boy, the boy has grown up, and I think Sete is helping amazingly, and his confidence is sky high. He was pole position today. He didn't win the race, but he, he rode really well. Marquez is Marquez. You know, he's always about to fall off. His <laughs> brother won, um, which was awesome. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, Dovey doubles. That is huge, isn't it? I mean, it's this really is cool. Yeah, it's very, it's cool too. I love it when Ducati does well. Well, it's more than that. I mean, he broke a record that's never been done, Magello, by by being an Italian on an Italian machine, winning in Italy. Oh, I mean, you know, it just that's it. You'll never buy a drink again um, in Italy. Uh, and then he and then he backs it up with another victory. Uh, his confidence will be sky high now. And if Ducati can keep this up, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they go at Assen in two weeks, which is always uh, a tough one because of the. Way weather uh, but it is going to be in summer this time so it usually rains but um it's it's bottom line it's heating up into a really good championship and why haven't we mentioned vinales and why haven't we mentioned rossi yeah because they weren't there today they stayed at home basically well yeah. they didn't have the tires stayed towards the back <laughs> stayed towards the back vinales was nowhere uh, rossi was trying uh, rossi got up to about seventh at one point but dropped back um they the yamaha just didn't like the, the tires and the place but i can assure you they'll bounce back vinales's lead is slender now he's still got the lead but dovi's now second we got a championship folks we got a really good championship on our hands and i urge you to get the app Get B in sports and tune in and watch or listen to our show. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with it. But um, it really is um, hotting up to be one of the closest championships in years. Yeah, and Zarco did good again. What was he, fourth, fifth? Yeah, yeah he, he had fifth. a great yeah. battle with his teammate. Uh, Zarco is definitely the revelation, the story of the year yeah. in many ways. Johan Zarco coming up to MotoGP uh, as a former Moto2 champion. He was two years, last two years, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's been fun to watch. You know, Another it's... fast Frenchman. Yeah. And what are the other stories? I mean, there was... Well, where was Valentino? He ended up at 8th? Yeah, he ended up in 8th, but, I mean, he started 13th. He didn't make second qualifying, which is... Uh, I've never seen that, Yeah, I, I, I thought that was really odd. And I was wondering if it was tire-related or not. I mean, there's a lot of noise around said, the yeah. tires. and But, honestly, it, it totally upset the, uh, the grid. I mean, it, you looked at it, and it just wasn't anything like you're used to seeing with, you know, certainly Valley out back. And, you know, Marquez was still up front. 
Vinales was towards the rear. I mean, it was all just, it looked like a 52-card pickup for setting the grid. <laughs> yeah, and all, <laughs> exactly. I also think, though, that, that, that it was definitely universal at Yamaha because Vinales, who's been, you know, the man of the moment. I mean, we've, we've never stopped talking about Vinales. And suddenly, he's not even, you know, he's not even on the grid kind of thing. He's nowhere. Um, so a very disappointing weekend for Yamaha. They're going to scratch their heads, I'm sure, over that. Um, but um, still, interesting and great for Dovey. Really good for Dovey. Yep, absolutely. I love it. Like I said, when Ducati's doing good, I mean, you think it, them being so small compared to the big team. That's why. I, that's why it's fun to me. And don't write Jorge Lorenzo off. He was once again front row start. Um, he struggled with the tires, but actually his tire management was superb because he recovered in the last eight laps and actually got the better result out of everybody struggling with tires over the weekend. So you know, another good result for uh, Jorge. Yeah, Jorge Lorenzo right. uh, was in fourth. We haven't got much longer, and I want to break a story here. Okay. It's not really breaking a story, but we've been talking about this all night, and we've only got a couple of minutes, and I want to go go out on this. Mark Miles has said that McLaren is considering a full-time indie team next year. Wow. Okay. So it adds to the Fernando story. And why that makes sense is McLaren sell high-end motor, motor cars here in the States, their biggest market, based in New York. Um, it makes a lot of sense. And at branding point of view, forget Honda for a second, they're talking about a team as a full McLaren team to be the size of Chip Ganassi stroke, you know, uh, an enterprise. And Mark Miles says that wow. in his talks with Zach Brown, McLaren hope to be back at the Indianapolis 500 and are looking at doing a full season as McLaren. That doesn't have necessarily anything to do with Fernando, but interesting story and one that actually adds fuel to that Fernando story of where he could have a home and where he could build with McLaren as a brand. Never mind Honda. You don't have to, you know, who, who cares? He could, and the other, t- the other rumor would be maybe joining Graham Rahal as, yeah. a, second, as a, a second member of that team. So how about, I just want to throw that out. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I saw an and orange that's from McLaren. Mark Miles on Auto Week. That was an Auto Week story. Yeah, cool. Uh, one last thing, Jonathan, I want to say congrats to your uncle, Brian Redman, who got inducted into the Motorsport Magazine Hall of Fame. That's, I know. That's pretty cool. It's pretty pretty darn cool, actually. I'm really pleased for him. Uh, those who, who know motor racing know the name Brian Redman, and certainly the racing fraternity is well aware of Brian Redman. But the bigger fraternity of motor racing isn't as well known because he didn't get lots of world championships. He was very successful here in the States. Um, um, did a bit of Formula One, but was into the Hall of Fame as one of the top sports car guys. Well, so congratulations very, very proud to, to know him. Yep. All right, we got to run. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City this week. We will talk to you next week. Check us out on the website, speedcitybroadcast.com, Twitter, Facebook, all the rest, FaceTube, whatever you got. <laughs> Ciao, y'all. Ciao, Face y'all. <laughs> whatever you got. That's, That's what I said, y'all. <laughs>